Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our third episode of I'm Horrified. I'm horrified. She's horrified. And she's Sam. <laughs> and I'm Allie. <laughs> still, we still haven't perfected the intro. Yes. But we're thrilled to be here. We missed you guys. I hope it's it's all been good. We missed you so much. We always do. Mm-hmm. And uh, today we just wanted to sort of take it easy. Keep it very conversational and flowing. Yeah. Just two gals. Just two girls talking about two, like, really relatable things. Yeah. And those two things are Cartesian skepticism. Alright, well then we had two different ideas because mine's teens on YouTube. Okay, so that's different. Those oh. two those are two different things. Oh, okay. We didn't we didn't plan out anything. I thought we were just gonna keep it breezy. Is this not breezy? <laughs> this feels breezy to me, I guess. Um Fair enough. I guess I'm just too smart for my own good. Just kidding. I'm not very <laughs> smart and don't understand so much of what I'm about to tell you. It's alarming. But also, double just kidding, she's the smartest woman I know. Oh, oh my god, you guys. And I know, I'm about to learn something today. That's what I'm excited about. I think I learned a lot just sort of delving into this. When I started looking into philosophy a little bit, I was very overwhelmed. A part of me was like this isn't real. This isn't a real thing. (laughs) This is just people having ideas, wasting their liberal arts degrees. And then the other side of me was, I can't understand this. And I I had a a hard time understanding it in a way that like, my brain doesn't understand chemistry. Mm -hmm. And some of the concepts were just foreign and I couldn't access them because they were so large and so vast. It's very whose line is it anyway, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's kind of what philosophy feels like sometimes. Yeah, and it does feel like that, and so I feel like I don't have anything to grab onto. But what's interesting is when I started to break it down, and a lot of this, a lot of the information that I sourced today is from a YouTube series called Crash Course, um, and they have an intro to philosophy video series, so I would urge you, if you're interested by this at all, Mm -hmm. to go check that out. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. Cartesian skepticism is what we're talking about today. I'm going to break that down for you. I beg you to. (laughs) beg you to break it down. It's a scary word. Cartesian, I'm horrified. Skepticism, I'm horrified. (laughs) Um, So basically, something I learned is that a big tenet of philosophy in general is how do we define reality? That question is something that comes up a lot. Already, Sam's eyes are very wide. (laughs) Yeah, what I'll say is my pulse is racing. Uh, I don't know where I'm at. We're going to keep it chill. We're going to keep it chill. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it light. Um... (laughs) So how do we define reality? Can we even? Is that even? No, Sam, it's okay. Just keep it, keep those, you know, (laughs) in and out. So to see something and know it's real, how do we do that? And good philosophers aim to steer clear of any kind of certainty. Um, That I identify with. Yes, just don't, don't think that you ever get it because you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, But you might, but you probably don't. So, Plato, who is a person we hazed in our last episode, (laughs) I believe, he was a philosopher in the 4th century, and he had a lot of ideas. I will discuss one. Mm -hmm. He wrote a work in 380 BCE called The Republic, and it's a Socratic dialogue, which means it's just him sort of thinking about things. Mm. Just... Socratic dialogues deal with an, a problem or okay. an, an ethical or moral dilemma, uh-huh. and you just sort of, like, free journal it. So he wrote in the Republic a story called The Allegory of the Cave. 
This I have heard of. Yes, the allegory of the cave. The idea of the story is that three men are sitting in a dark cave, chained to face a wall, Mm -hmm. and there's a fire behind them. Okay. So, light is being projected from the fire onto the wall, and as things pass by them, or above them, images and shadows are reflected onto the wall. But they're chained in such a way that that's all they see. They're facing forward, they can't see each other, all they see is the cave with shadows moving across. Do they, like, know each other is there, though? Or are they just, like, I think they do. I I think they're aware of each other. But you Um, can't turn your head and be like, hi, Frank. Yeah, but their whole existence and their whole concept of reality is based off of what they're seeing in front of them, which is moving shadows. One day, one of the men escapes the cave and crawls into the daylight. And he goes outside, and he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, he's bombarded by moving three-dimensional objects. There are colors there that aren't, like... I don't know, mauve and fire color. (laughs) There are sensations that are different, et cetera, et cetera. While he's initially completely overwhelmed, he realizes, oh, this is reality. The thing that I've been experiencing was a shadow, a literal shadow of reality. Mm -hmm. I understand because I can see shadows on the ground. That's what I was experiencing before. That wasn't actually reality. That was like a slice of it. Okay. (laughs) Great. Plot twist. Good to know. So he runs back down into the cave to tell the other two guys about it, about the truth of reality. I found out what reality is. Don't you want to know? But when he gets to them, they don't believe him. And he sounds completely crazy. They refuse to accept anything that he's saying because to them, living and experiencing only a world of shadows, the notion of anything other than that is completely absurd. You know, it's like if I came to you and was like, hey, if you tear open the ground, you can tunnel through and, like, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory is down there. You just have to, like, believe in it. And you would be like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. And then you would go call the police to have me removed from this apartment. And I love you, but I would do that for you. Of course. And you would do it for my benefit. Because you'd be like, wow, it's so sad that my best friend's now completely insane. Yes. Mm -hmm. But this is what we're exploring in this concept. And this is what's kind of horrifying, is that (laughs) we accept what we believe to be true Mm -hmm. until we're confronted with a higher form of truth. And so the allegory of the cave is really ridiculous sounding. Yes. But we can break that down into, we used to all believe that the earth was flat. That was real. That was a fact. We used to believe that illness and pathogens were spread through water rather than the, in the existence of germs. And in microorganisms, that was as clear to anyone as the nose on your lovely face, you know? That's, okay, so that's real. So that's, okay. It's like I want to fight with that and be like, but the earth was round the whole time. But like, I, 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 go ahead and fight me on it. You cannot. Please try. (laughs) No, I, I, you want to be like, but those people were stupid. But then like, probably the aliens looking down at us think we're stupid. It's like, oh, they've only gotten to the fact that the Earth is round. Yeah. Way to go, Nostradamus. Like, yeah. They're like, us and our 12 genders are laughing Yes, at them. exactly. Jesus Christ. So, just marinate on it. Just marinate on it. Let it sort of... Let, it's, let it stay in there. Don't let it overtake you. I'm marinated and I'm feeling deeply uncomfortable. But okay. Let's, we'll move on. It's okay. As I said, we're keeping it chill. We're keeping it chill today. <laughs> let's go breezy tonight. I'm not here to alarm you today. All right? All right. Well, you're not doing a great I'm job. not... <laughs> So basically, we used to think all of these things, and now that misunderstanding is totally shattered, and we understand what the truth is. 
But there is nothing to say that we're not in the midst of some flat earth scenario right now and we just don't know what it is. There has to be something that we are completely ignorant of, like, globally. Mm. But what is it? What is you it, know? So there's two things that are horrifying about this. I'm going to start with the first one, which is sort of tinier. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to move on to the more complicated one. Oh, man. Which involves a whole other philosopher oh, with a different man. funny name. We'll so, start with the first thing. Let's well, start so the, the first beginning. thing is just the idea that if you experience some sort of higher understanding, like we all love Harry Potter. Yes. So if you were to be exposed to a higher understanding of the universe, you were to be exposed to act- an actual magical realm, like Chronicles of Narnia... Anything like that, if you were to be exposed to that, it doesn't really matter if you experience a higher understanding of truth, because if nobody in your life has access to it, it's sort of, like, useless, because they're gonna think you're insane anyways. So imagine, like, the people in movies or on the street who are running around screaming about how they've seen Jesus, or they've seen the light or they've seen Mm -hmm. they know of some other power they know that something's coming they've contacted aliens probably they're on methamphetamines but like if they weren't but what if they're not they are trapped in a prison of knowledge and also i like believe in aliens so like i believe in aliens too i i don't i'm not horrified by aliens and if there are aliens picking up the feet of this podcast (laughs) i want them to know that like we're here for it I don't, I will say, I don't believe that, like, people in Iowa are getting probed. Like, that, I I less believe that. I less believe those people in Iowa. But then on the other hand, think about it, like, why don't I believe those people in Iowa if I believe the foundational idea that aliens exist? Why won't they be probing us? Maybe some of those people are not really thinking it through, and they're just running to a news station, and they're like, this is what happened to me. I'm, I'm horrified, and I'm, I don't know what to do with this information. But somebody who might think it through a little further, they could have experienced something on a higher level of understanding, and they'll never say. Because who would believe them? So that sends shivers down the spine. Oh my god. You know? So, but that's, that's not even the more complicated thing that alarms me about this. So let's move into number two. Like I said, we can't know exactly what is true and what isn't. Mm -hmm. Why should we have any faith in what we think is true if we've been wrong before? That is a question for you. Um. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I'm gonna come up with a really good answer if you give me, like, seven more hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, cause it's, like, actually, listeners, not to bring you into our home life as roommates. Yeah. But we had this fight not long ago. We had this fight not long ago. Because you were, like, you can't be sure of anything other than you. Like, you could be the only intelligence in the world and you're creating all this fake stuff. And I was like, there's no way that of, of the entire universe, I'm the only intelligence? No way. I, I don't but think that, that's true. But that discussion that we were having is based in Cartesian skepticism. Ah! So let me let me move forward. So, <laughs> oh. so Rene Descartes, he was a 17th century mathematician, Ooh, scientist, Rene. philosopher. Mm, yeah, he was hotter than Plato. Sexy. <laughs> Fuck, Mary kill. Rene Descartes, <laughs> Plato, and Socrates. <laughs> oh, I know this one. Um, I think I would marry Rene Descartes, because then my name could be Sam Descartes, and that's cute. Um, I think I'll, yeah, I think I'll fuck Plato, and I'll kill Socrates. Because Plato knows everything that Socrates knew, so we're not missing anything. Listeners, um, tweet at us, tell tell us who you would fuck Mary Kill of these three philosophers. So, Rene Descartes 
total snack. He was <laughs> uh, 17th century, you know. And so he took this to a very serious level. He was like, okay, if I can't be sure what's true and what's not, I'm not going to believe anything. I'm just not going to believe anything at all until I can prove that even one thing is true. And so that's what Cartesian skepticism is. It's saying, if you cannot prove it, you have no right believing it. I bet the Catholic Church loved him. I bet they did. (laughs) Oh, I bet they did. No, actually, you know what? He actually was Catholic, and so he got to this point where he was like, nothing matters at all. And then he kind of had to write in at the bottom, like, except for God, because (laughs) of course he mattered, everyone. Don't you forget it. Um, But before he got there, he was really, he really had a good thought train going, which was, okay, so let's start. Like, let's just not believe anything, and let's start anywhere. And he just tried and tried and tried to find one thing that he could prove. But if you think about it, like most of the things that we want to believe are real, we experience with our senses. So we're seeing it, we're hearing it, we're touching it. But your senses fool you all the time. If you see something and you think it's a frog, but then you get closer to it and it's actually a rock, your sight has deceived you. And if you are outside and it's cold and you walk into a room that's like a normal temperature, it feels hot. So your feeling is deceiving you. You seem upset. I just want, (laughs) I just feel like there's a margin for error. Like, we can forgive our senses, like, not recognizing what's a frog and what's a tree and what's a rock from far away. Cool, 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 cool. What about dreams, Sam? (laughs) What about when you're in a dream and you're experiencing an entire fucking worldscape, you know. feel anything in my dreams. But you believe it because you're acting it. And a lot of people, like, when I have a dream until I wake up, I think it's real. Don't you? Answer me. (laughs) I guess sometimes. I often know that I'm dreaming when I'm dreaming. Well, maybe you've superseded. (laughs) Surprise, I have achieved a higher level of still, But you're still experiencing it. You're still looking at a table and recognizing it that it's a table. That's true. That's something that your mind is doing to you. And so basically, if we know, and we do know, that any of our senses can be deceived, there is nothing to say. And this is the whole concept of the matrix. It is which full is, matrix. Yeah, it's full matrix. There's nothing to say that this isn't some kind of elaborate dream or virtual reality or whatever, like, whatever scientific or magical or philosophical route you want to go down. There is nothing to say that there isn't some puppet master who is orchestrating all of this for you or that that is your own mind orchestrating something for you. So, like, with touch, you know, like, I'm going to pinch you right now. Pinch. Ow! Sorry, but it's part of it. That that, did that hurt? A little. (laughs) Okay, well, suck it up, A. But then B. (laughs) Okay. So I just pinched you and it hurt. Yeah. So that's real, right? Yeah. You seem (laughs) confused. Good, you're getting it. But like, so there's. (laughs) I literally have my fists up right now. Because I feel like I'm fighting you, and I know I'm not. I need you to just believe me. I just, we're just talking or about don't philosophy, believe me. but my fists are physically up in the yeah. air. Sam's, <laughs> Sam's just, she's done already. But the thing is, the thing is, so I just pinched you, you're like, yeah, that's real, because I'm mad at you now, we're in a fight. There's a phenomenon where people who lose limbs experience pain in those limbs. Oh, that's true. Damn it. And there is no way for pain to be caused in that area. That is a deception of the senses. You can't tell me that anything couldn't be a deception of the senses. Mm -hmm. You can't prove it. Guess. Say yes to that. (laughs) I don't 
want <laughs> her to. Her fists are back up. <laughs> they really, I don't, I'm, I, and I'm not a violent person. Sam's furious. But for some her reason, still up. fists Oh my gosh, up. they're so small. You have right. very tiny hands. That's, for the listeners, <laughs> Sam Buntage has quite tiny hands. Alright, I think they're pretty normal, but. Every person I've ever asked has disagreed with me, they, so fine. They could also be a deception but of reality. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe your reality is being deceived and I have huge hands. And like, that's the only thing about my reality that's being deceived? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So that's it. Like, that's what Cartesian skepticism is. <sighs> that's the thing we have to grapple with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that sort of leads me into what I'm cautiously optimistic about this week. Oh, God. Which what, is... what from that could you be cautiously optimistic <laughs> but about? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead into something that you've probably heard of. Descartes realized that he had this cause to doubt absolutely everything. And then he realized, uh, in that mind prison, that <laughs> there was one thing that he could be sure of, which was that he was experiencing that act of doubt. And that experience, that action of the mind, because it was, like, doubting unto itself, Mm -hmm. had to be happening. It had to. Because he could doubt something, he knew there was something there that was his own. And so that led him to the very popular philosophical phrase, cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. Interesting. Which you've probably heard before. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read you a quote. Which is long, but he feels like he wasn't fun at parties and just, like, kept talking. <laughs> um, so, quote, But I have convinced myself that there is absolutely nothing in the world, no sky, no earth, no minds, no bodies. Does it not follow that I, too, do not exist? Fuck no. If I convince... He didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, Renee's cool. If I convince myself of something or thought anything at all, then I certainly existed. But... This is where he goes off the rails a little bit. There is a deceiver of supreme power and cunning who deliberately and constantly deceives me. So he's kind of gone straight to, like, if I can't prove that I know anything, I'm going to assume that there's a master puppeteer pulling the strings. Interesting. Which, that feels dramatic to me, but he feels dramatic to me, so that makes sense. In that case, too, I undoubtedly exist. If he deceives me and let him deceive me as much as he can... He will never bring it about that I am nothing. So long as I think that, I am something. Oh! So, after considering everything very thoroughly, I must finally conclude that the proposition, I am, I exist, is necessarily true whenever it is put forward by me or conceived in my mind. Cool. Does that make you feel better? No. Um, I don't know if you've seen the sequels to The Matrix. I haven't seen The Matrix. Or The End of Westworld, but... Oh, because you could be a robot, I guess. And not even that you could be a robot, it's that... I'll, so I'm gonna, instead of spoiling Westworld, I'll spoil The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's an older piece of media. Right. So, in the first Matrix, Keanu Reeves discovers that he's living in The Matrix. Right. And that he is the person who needs to, like, fix The Matrix and right. get everyone out of it. In either the second or the third, I don't remember which, he meets the guy who created the Matrix. And the guy who created the Matrix is like, we artificially create a chosen one every few years because we need that for the Matrix to keep going. So this year it was you. And Keanu's like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, that's what happens. Great. Um, so being, being like, since I'm, like, since I am special, like, I must be special. Like, surprise, the maker of the Matrix made you special. So, but well, he was he then artificial intelligence? Or no, was he's he a human. He's a human. They're all human people. 
but they're living in, um, like, a computer reality world. But I would argue that the moment he gets to make conscious action for himself, like, because if they were able to manipulate every thought that he had, that would just be artificial intelligence. Yeah. So, as long as he's able to have freedom of thought, he still is. Like, he still exists. And maybe, like, the architect even could be not real. That could be an illusion (laughs) of an even weirder dude who's actually making all that stuff up. Where are the Wachowskis when you need them? Yeah, which is also, like, Inception. Like, there could be infinitely more levels of higher understanding until you actually hit the top mm-hmm. and are in real reality. Mm-hmm. But is there even one? Like, the highest level of reality? Yeah, I suppose I'm making it linear. <laughs> I hope we're not, like, at the bottom, because, like, something beneath <laughs> us would be, I suppose... I, I don't know, I don't know, because like, it's like, like, well, a, like... Like a worm, like a mouse. Like yeah, a... I suppose. I don't really know how many thoughts they have. I don't either. Cogito ergo worm. You know? <laughs> I think therefore I worm. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it all sort of goes back to straight up like Dr. Seuss philosophy. Like if we're sitting on the petal of a flower and we've created all this science and nonsense despite ourselves, great. But that doesn't mean that it's real. Like that doesn't mean that it's true. Okay. So we might have to pause recording so I can burst into tears for 12 <laughs> minutes, and then we'll come back. Call yeah. my mom and ask her if she's real. <laughs> what if she's not? Jill is real. Thank you. That was my only worry. Now I'm fine. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything you're saying makes sense, and I hate it. Right. So, <laughs> great right. job. Congrats, you did it. Yeah, I said we are going to keep it chill, so. <laughs> I think we did that. So there you have it. There's something for you to chew on. Should we talk about something else? (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to talk about anything else. Yeah, let's. No, that was very interesting. I'm just sad. Um, Right. So let's talk about- Can you not talk about this now? (laughs) You're like, I don't even think I can talk about what is YouTube. I don't even- Is YouTube real? Are we here? actually- Okay, I can make a segue right now out of a couple thoughts. And it's this. Nothing is real. Nothing matters. We can't be certain of anything. Mm. Sometimes you want to be like, no, I matter. And I matter because- I made this thing. This is proof that I exist and I'm real. We're making a podcast right now. Yeah. It's proof that we exist and are real, in theory. iTunes says we're real. iTunes officially says we're real. As does Google Play, everyone, for our Android friends. SoundCloud as well. (laughs) Quick plug. And I think that teenagers feel that really strongly because they're really trying to create an identity for themselves. Yeah, totally. Because they're not kids anymore. Because they're trying to assert their being in the world. And I feel so blessed that when we were growing up, YouTube was not as big a thing, because now there's just so many teens on YouTube. God, yeah. And it's awful. It's just so awful. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, is teens on YouTube. Right. And how they horrify me. This is more alarming to me than what I just (laughs) talked about. So I'll talk about YouTube for a second, then I'm going to talk about two specific men and how they are examples, and then we'll talk a little bit more broadly. Take me on this journey. Let's go on this journey. So, the word vlog means video blog. What does blog mean? Something vlog is what it means. Like, I don't remember what word combined with log to make vlog. (laughs) But the first person who used that was in 2000, which is super early. Because they were like, this is my new apartment. Like, I'm doing a video vlog. I guess it's a vlog. And he invented this whole horrifying thing. Oh, wow. Uh, YouTube came into being in, like, 2005. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and has since just gone crazy. But that was the beginning of, like, the vlog evolution becoming a thing. And we were both kind of growing up then, but it wasn't easy to, like, get your hands on recording equipment and do stuff. Which, thank God, because there'd be a lot more embarrassing stuff of me on the internet. Uh, yeah, I don't that want that video easy. trail <laughs> yeah. for my employers to see. But, like, growing up, Jenna Marbles was a thing. I loved her. I loved her. There was a guy who was British. His name was Charlie is so cool-like. I used to watch him. Zoella was a big one. Zoella is a thing. The the person who did the video, um, Let's Get Some Shoes. Ugh. And also the cupcake one. That was the same person. I will show that to my children. (laughs) One day when they're old enough. It's an important cultural touchstone is that video. But those people that I just listed, maybe with the exception of Charlie is so cool-like, We're all adults. Now, kids grew up with YouTube. It's way easier for them to get equipment and stuff. And they just start posting on it from, like, a really young age. It's just part of culture. Like, my little stepbrother watches YouTube constantly. He's watching, like, skateboard tricks and, (laughs) like, video game videos. One of my former co-worker's daughters, there's a (laughs) video of her on Facebook saying that she wants to be on YouTube for Jesus. um, Which is... As a whole other thing entirely, but, like, that's, like, that's how much, this little girl's, like, six, and she's, like, I want to be on YouTube for Jesus. Like, when we were six, that wasn't a thing. And I think the birth of this really shitty bunch of YouTubers came from a hellscape called Vine. Oh, Vine. <laughs> Rip Vine forever. Oh, Vine. Rip Vine 2012 through 2017. <laughs> oh, um, And Vine was, like, six second videos. That's as long as they could be. And it became really popular and really easy to get, like, famous fast because it would just be, like, you on a Vine saying chicken nuggets in a funny way and 30 million views. That's how Vine worked. It's dead now. But that's how it worked. It's where culture went to club itself to death. Yes. (laughs) But two people who I think exemplify awful YouTube were born on Vine. And those were, I've labeled them Viners, Vloggers, Brothers, Demons, question mark. Mm. (laughs) And their names are Logan and Jake Paul. (laughs) Allie, do you know anything about Logan and or Jake Paul? I know the thing about Logan Paul. (laughs) I know that thing. Well, surprise, Jake Paul's even worse. Oh, good. (laughs) So, let's start with Jake. Jake Paul, he's like 19 now. Mm -hmm. He started on Vine with his brother, Logan, who's a couple years older. And now he's on YouTube with Team 10. And Team 10 is a social media incubator. I'd like to die that I just said those words. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's literally him and a bunch of other teens. They live in a mansion in Beverly Hills. Who gave them that? They bought it. Because okay. they're millionaires from YouTube. He is. And oh. he signs on all these teenagers. He gets, like, a percentage. And he's 19 and he knows how to effing do this. Ooh. He gets a percentage of all their stuff. There's, like, penalties if you're not filming all the time. They're all in each other's videos. You have to do videos with each other enough that, like, it's a thing. And he's getting rich off this team. And I'm about to show you a clip of their worst video. And I would just, it's going to be a little weird, listeners, you're going to listen to a YouTube video, but I just want, Allie, when you think this is the worst thing I've ever seen, we can turn it off. Okay. So let's see how long that takes. All right, so it's blank right now. Hit play. All right, it's going in on a mansion. It's everyday, bro. Yeah, nope, I'm done. I'm good. Nope, I'm good. That's enough. So that was about 16 seconds. So that was Jake Paul and his Team 10. And all they do is prank videos, 
clickbait videos. He got married on a video, and it's very unclear whether or not that was real. Oh. And then he did this awful video, It's Everyday Bro, which is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen They're in all my... wearing white t-shirts, and they just look aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple fun things about Jake Paul. He bought this mansion where all of his Team 10 bros live. They had to move because their neighbors kept filing complaints because they would do things like be screaming, be honking their car horns at every hour. They burned a mattress in their empty pool. Ah. They broadcast where their house was so all of their teen girl fans were always on the street and his neighbors were like, can they go? And Jake Paul was like, Team 10 fans are the best in the world. So he had to move. <laughs> and the neighbors were like, no, but could they please leave? <laughs> could they please go? Um, he was on a Disney Channel show called Bizarre Vark, where he was playing a YouTuber. And he got fired from it. Because Disney was like, could you be a normal dude? And he was like, Team 10 fans are the best in the world. So he got fired. That sounds about right. And then the shittiest thing is he had a girl on Team 10, and her name was Alyssa Violet. She's still on YouTube doing other things now. They were living in the house. It always seemed like they were in a relationship, but they never were, like, confirming they were in a relationship, but they were doing boyfriend tag videos and stuff like that. And then one day, she, I guess, Snapchatted all of her stuff in the hallway, and she was like, Jake's making me leave. What? And he was like, I'm heartbroken, like, Alyssa cheated on me, and, you know, I just, I don't think we should be living in the same house anymore. She betrayed my trust, and I'm so sad. And she did a video, and she was like... We met when he was famous on Vine and I was still living in his hometown in Wisconsin or whatever. He told me I could be successful. He signed me with this thing. We were having sex, but he was never my boyfriend. And when I wasn't having sex with him, he would bring other girls to the house and sleep with them. Gross. But I loved him and I thought it would work out and it never did. So then one time I had a boy over because we weren't in a relationship. And then the next day, all of my stuff was on the front lawn. What the fuck? He made me move out. He canceled my contract with Team 10. Like, I'm staying with a friend in LA because I have no other family here. I'm assuming she had no legal rights to the content and stuff like that because probably he took everything. Yeah, I'm sh- it was like a whole thing. So, like, now she's. it seems like she has rebounded, which good for her. She's still doing YouTube videos. But he was such, like, a master of manipulation that, like, he was trying to spin it like, she cheated on me and my heart's broken. That's not true. So he basically sucks. His brother Logan did something else bad. His Mm. brother Logan is a couple years older. Who? (laughs) um, Equally blonde and white and annoying. So he's been in a couple shitty movies. He was in a movie on Netflix about, like, you have to take an intelligence test, and then if you fail the test, you die, but some teenagers are going to fight against it. That looks so Yes. (laughs) Oh, I remember what it was called. It was called The Thinning. Oh, stupid. It was stupid. It was very stupid. But then the really stupid thing he did is he went to the Akogahara Forest in Japan, which is commonly known as the Suicide Forest, which is really sad because it, it has like a really high rate of Japanese people who go there to commit suicide. And while he was there with his friends, he was trying to make like a spooky video and they found a dead body filmed cutting it down right. and put it on YouTube what the fuck? Why wouldn't yeah. you just turn off the camera and call the police? Yeah, that's horrible. So, he did that. Bad news. A lot of bad stuff in the air. He started with, like, an okay apology, actually. He was like, that was my bad. I shouldn't right. have done that. I realize now that it was really fucked up. I won't go on YouTube again for a while. Like, I'm really working on some stuff. Something else, another line from that apology, though, was, quote, 
everyone deserves second chances, bro. Oh, no. So, there's that. Then, as of February 8th, YouTube took away the ad revenue on his videos. Because... I saw that they did that. That was a good move. Well, so at first they were getting some flack because they weren't doing that. And they and everyone was like, he did this really shitty thing. Like, why aren't you taking away his ad revenue? And they were like, well, it seems like he's apologized. So there you go. They say they took away his ad revenue because it's become a pattern of behavior where he's doing things like the stunt in the Suicide Forest of Japan. Horrifying. He made a bunch of jokes about how good Tide Pods taste. Uh, and they were worried that his young fan base would take that seriously. Oh, God. He removed a fish from a pond to jokingly give it CPR. And killed it, I bet. And killed it. And he filmed himself uh, tasering two dead rats. It's just, like, a fun thing to put in a video, I oh guess. Oh, my God. So now they've removed his ad revenue. Because they're like, clearly it was not just a one-time thing that he did something fucking yeah. stupid. And also, two weird Winklevoss twins-looking brothers taking a bunch of children and having them just, like, sit in a mansion and record each other. Yes. That's culty enough. But yes. then, like, doing all of that other stuff mm-hmm. is so much cultier. Yes. Jake Paul's being sued because he did a prank where they, like, sat in a car and would just beep at people as they crossed the street. And, like, one old man they beeped at is suing them now for disturbing the peace. And I'm like, good. Good for that old man. They were. But the the overarching horrifying thing, to me, is that kids don't get phones this young, but kids can access the internet and phones from the time they're, like, five. Yeah. And if they type in, like, funny prank video and they get Jake Paul beeping at people, like, that seems okay and fine. And yeah, watch, like, it's a shitty thing, but watch this video. And then when you find out that this guy is, like, manipulating people, emotionally abused this woman, like, his brother's a piece of shit, who... Yeah, they're setting things on fire, they're, you know, chasing people down the street. Like, that's what kids are growing up to see, like, oh, that's what cool, famous people do. Yeah. Like, to me, it's... funny. It feels like the same thing, like, when we were growing up, Jackass was a really big, like, parents were like... Oh my god. This is fucked up that our children are watching it. That's how I feel about these YouTube celebrities now, mm-hmm. is, like, it's really kind of weird that we are so invasive. Like, people feel like they know these. Like, teenage girls will be like, hi, babe, hope your day is going great. Like, in the comments, they feel like they know these guys. And it's really easy. Like, Jake Paul was sleeping with all of his fans while he was dating Alyssa Violet. Yeah. Because it's really easy for to be like, I'm on YouTube, I have 30 million views, I'm famous, you should date me. Right. Well, I think that what Jackass did, and I think what this sort of seems like as well, is there was always that one somewhere between, like, a class clown and a total asshole Mm -hmm. guy at your elementary or middle school. Yes. Who you had a crush on. I think that is something that we can relate to in a different way. Yeah. But is super dangerous because it just sets up stupid examples of masculinity and stupid examples of what you need to do to be cool and to have attention. But if you have it in your pocket every day, and it has 40 million subscribers, you know what I mean? Like some crazy number. Right. And these guys are getting rich off of this and starting new businesses and bringing more kids and like young teens into their thrall. Yeah. 
And now, you know, there's people signing up to be on Team 10, and a portion of all the money they make is going right into friggin' Jake Paul's pocket. Right. It's almost, like, worse than violent video games, because I feel like you could talk to your child about being violent, Mm -hmm. but I feel like being an asshole (laughs) is a more nuanced thing that you have to discuss. Like, hey, I would really prefer that you as my son or daughter aren't a fucking moron, (laughs) and you're not rude and stupid all the time. Like, how do you have that conversation with your child? You can say, like, hitting is wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, violence is wrong, but how do you get across to just be decent and normal? Being, like, a showboaty dick is also wrong. Even though this person on the internet that you watch is being heavily rewarded for being a showboaty dick. That must be confusing. That must be confusing. And kids Mm -hmm. are watching it earlier and earlier. And, like, I think, like, we were talking about Crash Course during Mm -hmm. your segment. And that's something where I'm like, oh, my God, every kid should watch this. Like, this is really interesting. It's knowledge in a new way. How cool is that? I love new media is teaching the youth. Mm -hmm. And then I watch (laughs) fucking Jake Paul burn a mattress in his pool. Yeah. And they're like, you know what I mean? They did one that was, like, cheating on my girlfriend prank. He, like, had a girl in his room, and his girlfriend, like, opens the door and is like, what the fuck? And he's like, babe, oh no, it's not what it looks like. Oh, I'm just kidding, it was a prank. Yeah, emotionally manipulating people is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when you're an adult, like, I have to, I have to own up to something on this podcast. Oh no. I have to own up to it. I love vines. (laughs) I love those vine medleys of the old vines that exist on YouTube. They're good. I watch those all the time. Yeah. But I'm an adult. (laughs) Like, I'm 23 years old. Yeah, you've earned those vines. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) All right? And then it's like, again, and this is something I talked about when I talked about genetic modification. Am I an old man yelling at the clouds? Am I behind on the times? Should I accept that young people are just constantly inundated with media And some of it's going to be shit, and some of it's going to be good and fine. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's the thing you're criticizing, though. I think you're criticizing the actions in the media. Yeah, that is what I'm criticizing. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) I I don't think that it's reasonable for us to think that our children or children's children won't be able to access media literally anytime they want. Mm -hmm. But just as I don't want them to be around people who are mean and rude and manipulative, I don't want them to be watching and idolizing those kinds of people. And just because it's behind a screen, I'm still concerned with the way that people act. People don't know how to act right. Mm -hmm. And um, I wish that they did. And it sucks that it's just easier to see all the shitty things that we are allowed to be as people. Some of his latest videos... Surprising mini Jake Paul with a mini Lamborghini. He gives a little kid a tiny Lamborghini. Fine. Uh, (laughs) That doesn't seem too harmful. Exposing the killer clowns who broke into my house. Smashing my Lamborghini windshield. I taught my GF how to play Fortnite. And then in the screenshot, she's just wearing a bra. So, natch. Great. Hot girlfriend reacts to my uh, Lamborghini. And then how much of it is just like... Every child is stupid. And then they <laughs> stop being stupid. And then they grow out of it. Yeah. Or they don't. And I have examples of both on my <laughs> newsfeed from the FHS class of 2012. And again, I'll just say I feel so blessed. I'm optimistic about the fact that this didn't exist when I was a teenager. Because yeah. God knows I would have had a YouTube channel. Yeah. God knows I would have been on Vine. And there'd just be so, like, I'm already embarrassed of the stuff 8th grade me left on the internet. Right. Let alone if I had been filming myself. hmm Oh, and one other thing. This is fun, too. Here's something I found out about Logan Paul, who's a piece of shit. 
he's missing 15% of his right testicle from a stunt he did. Karma. <laughs> yeah, that feels like recompense. <laughs> oh. Um, we got through a lot. We really did. If you guys want to watch some garbage, It's Everyday Bro is awful. And two awful reaction videos to it are Logan Paul, Jake Paul's brother, did one called The Fall of Jake Paul, which is just him rapping mean things about his brother. And then Alyssa Violet, who was emotionally abused by Jake Paul, did one called It's Every Night, Sis, Um, because it's like opposite. It's also bad. It's garbage. She's not a good rapper. She shouldn't have rapped. Yeah. But uh, those are three bad videos you yeah. can watch. Watch all three of those and then just... And then delete your YouTube app. Yeah. Then just throw your computer in the ocean. <laughs> but I'm cautiously optimistic also about the fact that all of this could just be, you know, a deception. But I don't think I could imagine Jake Paul in my <gasps> my, <laughs> my wildest deceptions could not incarnate Jake Paul. <laughs> Jake Paul exists, and therefore I am. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being there, this, you guys, on this really light and easy ride. Yeah, I feel relaxed, don't you? <laughs> Stay horrified. Stay horrified. <laughs> <laughs>